0: And let me take some time um, right now just to pray for our time and to pray for the sermon. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your faithfulness to us um, and for your uh, your patience, um, but also just your love for us, that you hear our cry um, and that you are faithful and just with us. Uh, We pray, Lord, that you would be with Pastor Sim. We thank you even just for for bringing him here to us and, and pray that you would speak to us through him. Uh, that you would be using his words to challenge and convict. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, everyone. I tell you, my head has been spinning uh, the last two weeks, partly because I'm meeting new people. I'm in a new place, so that makes sense. I think mostly it's because of the those uh, roundabouts. I mean, I'm getting motion sickness. Um, one um, family's home I was visiting, and just every quarter mile or so, I have to go round and round and round. And I- I'm serious; I need to take that um, motion sickness pill just to survive in this area. <laughs> but it's been a blessing. Uh, past two weeks just went by. I'm a little exhausted. Um, I just realized I'm an introvert, um, but I love meeting people. How, 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 I don't know how that works. So I enjoy uh, meeting you and just getting to know you, listening to your stories. You're just so transparent. I really appreciate that. At the same time, I think that kind of uh, wears me out a little bit, <laughs> so I need to find a happy medium, but um, at the same time, I'm just asking for God's strength. Because I really enjoy this time, and I hope I could stretch this time just a little bit longer. And um, if you, you know me, that um, I really enjoy doing visitations. So throughout the year, I, I might be knocking on your door uh, just to say hi. But the good thing is you don't have to prepare anything, not even ice water. Uh, I would just come and say hello, get some... Prayer items from you, and then we just pray together. And I'm on my way. So hope this will become a tradition for for us. I brought some props, and I'm gonna take a chance um, trying to do this. So I need your imagination and your cooperation. Let's pretend that I'm driving that classic sports convertible. Something about classic sports cars just. Gets better with age, right? So I, I found this. Let's say I am in Hawaii. You know, Waikiki. If you know that area, I'm kind of head, heading towards the uh, cultural center. So it's still in the city, but, you know, about to get out of the city. I'm wearing that Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> right next to me, there's a guy riding an old bicycle. But he's all dressed up with suspender. So we see each other. We nod. Hey, wow, good for you. Good exercise. He nods. Well, nice car. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So so we exchange little nodding, and then the light changes. And I'm like this. Well, that's how I drive in San Diego, driving my Prius C. But now I'm in that car. I need to put this on just to add little reality to this whole story so i'm not driving like this you kind of have to lean back a little bit and then <laughs> you know. so i am doing this right so i'm driving this car it's a performance car so as soon as light change i just barely tap on the accelerator and it goes whoo just you know the sound and car takes off very nicely but i'm not trying to speed because I want to enjoy the scenery and smell the ocean breeze and just see the people and all that stuff. And there's traffic. So I'm going maybe 20, 25 miles per hour. And I see in my rear view mirror, the guy on the bike is right behind me. He's paddling really hard, but he's right there. I'm a little surprised. We come to the light. I look over and nod again and go, wow, this guy must be in good shape. The light changes and there's a slight open road ahead of me. Uh, again, just a little tap on my accelerator, and car goes. boom, 30 miles per hour, 35. I see my rearview mirror, and this guy is still behind me. A little bit huffing and puffing, but he's still there. He's like, wow, he's really good. So we come to the light, I look over, and goes, wow, I am very impressed. Light changes, more open roads, less people, less traffic, so I'm putting on the pressure on the accelerator. First gear and second gear kicks in, 45, boom, no problem. I look at my rear view mirror, and guess what? The bike is right behind me. This guy is huffing and puffing, but he's right there. We come to the uh, traffic light again. <sighs> he's, he's doing this, but I'm just amazed. Wow, the light changes, and then I go again. This time, 55. Again, I see the rear mirror, guess what's behind me? The bicycle guy, all dressed up. So finally we come to the next light, so I had to ask, hey, what's going on? How are you able to go so fast? And he had to catch his breath, but then this is what he says. You see these suspenders? Whenever you pass me by, I will put one of my suspenders on your back fender. So when you pull away, you're pulling me with you. But That's why I'm able to keep up with you. But this is where I get off. So he waves and he goes on his way. I feel as though this is kind of like our spiritual life, or it should be. If we are connected with God, then we could inherit his heart, his love, his passion, his will, and we'll be able to enjoy and thrive on this earth. And that's what I want to talk about from today's passage. But, you know, when you, whenever you talk about prayer life, George Mueller stands out. So he documented over 50,000 answer prayers. Imagine that. I'm sure there are more, but he documented 50,000. He said about 5,000 were answered rather quickly. But 45,000 of them, he had to wait. He had to wait on the Lord. He had to wrestle with God. Eventually, in God's own time, he answered them. He talked about how he prayed for his friend's salvation for 63 years. After praying for him for 63 years, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Does that sound like our prayer life? We know prayer is good. We know prayer is talking to God. We know through prayer we could receive empowerment and we could receive hope. All the good stuff comes from having a prayer life. We all want to pray. But does that sound like our prayer life? When we pray, do we have passion, anticipation, According to His will, blessing. I want to talk about it with you today. You know this Chinese character. Lu sin. Lu means down, sin means heart. Your heart is down. See, I think this goes together, our prayer and discouragement in the world. This thrives, we could overcome some of discouragements and frustrations that we see in the world. Russia is still fighting Ukraine. People are still getting killed, creating widows and orphans. It's just unfortunate. We're still dealing with some of you are still wearing masks. My previous church in San Diego, we started this uh, trip. We planned this trip. Alaska Cruise. Initially, it was from a small group, like four or five families. And they weren't even sure if everyone could go to this trip. But then word got out. Everybody got in involving this trip. So we just kept expanding. And then we 46 people signed up for this trip. (laughs) So they went on this trip last August. So they had to get tested for COVID-19 before getting on the ship, 72 hours before. But they tell me that uh, when they arrived in Vancouver, before getting on the ship, they still had to get tested again. So, you know, several thousand people On the cruise, so they need to make sure that everyone's um, healthy. So when they came back from that seven-day cruise, most of them stayed in Vancouver just a couple more days to eat good food, good Chinese food. They never done that. I mean, they have good food, so I can't blame them. So they stuck around for a couple more days, ate good food, and they came back. And guess what happened? Out of 46, all of them caught COVID-19. Like, how does this happen? <laughs> but it happens. We're still not out of the woods yet. What about stock market? It's way down here, and it's keep going down. Gas yes, prices keep going up. Just several days ago, I, I read that um, the tragic incident at, at Purdue University. I took little interest because the, the perpetrator not out to be a Korean international student, unfortunate. Very sad, and some of our students attend Purdue right now. So I'm sure you are praying. When you see these things, the hate crime, the senseless killing and injustice all around us, do you get discouraged? I mean, maybe not in here, but when you go to work, when you look at outside, the, the world in general, do you get discouraged? my suggestion is we need to revisit this part of our spiritual life. When we have thriving prayer life, then we don't have to give up. We don't want to give up. So we're going to just go through that. I know Stan read it, um, so we're going to skip this part. First thing I want us to focus on is that the Bible tells us, I know You're in a difficult situation. Pray always and don't give up. I think it should be like this. Pray always and you wouldn't give up. It should be like that. During Jesus' time, uh, Israelites were just discouraged, hopeless. Roman occupation, there's no sign of freedom unjustifiable amount of tax collected from the government. You know, the middle person would get a little extra from the people so he could make some money along the way. The people were paying taxes just left and right, and the the small people, the little people, they were suffering. And, of course, the leaders, they were just out for themselves, taking advantage of people, brown-nosing the Roman government, all these things are going on at that time. The disciples were some of those people. They have experienced this. They were witnessing this every day. Although they were following Jesus Christ, they see this around them. So they are discouraged. It was to them that Jesus is teaching today's parable. So It talks about the widow. She has no case, so during this time, they will have traveling judges. Not every city will have courthouse, so they will hire judges who would go from city to city. They will go to one city, stay there, collect all court cases, and they will prioritize them and have trials. When their time is up, they move on. Whether they finish the docket or not, they will move on, and then next time they come around, they will take care of the other ones. Well, imagine if you are in this widow's shoes. Ladies, you were treated like second citizens at the time, and she's a widow. She doesn't have a husband to really support this case. Most likely poor, therefore, cannot hire any representative to represent her in the court, have some connections and have some influence. So among those dockets that the troubling judge will collect, she has no chance, no chance at all to plead her case. Only thing she could do is to knock on the door. Please help me. Please hear my case. It's so all she could do. And yet, because she was persistent, the judge and this judge is unrighteous. He doesn't fear God, and he doesn't care about other people. <laughs> so, in this type of setting, she did whatever she could do. And this section kind of reminds me of the song by Matt Marr, Lord, I Need You, Right? Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. My one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. So imagine living this kind of life. We are going to God for every case. Every day when we get up in the morning, do we have a guarantee that we will see each other at night time? When, when you go to work, when kids go to school, do we have that assurance that at the end of the day, we're going to come back and be one family again? That's why we need to pray. When we get up in the morning, as we go to work, as we go to school, we pray. Once so we're in school, once we're at work, we pray again. When we're having a conversation, we pray. We do it perfectly. When we're working, when we're studying, taking exams, perfectly. So every hour, we need to consult with God. That is what persistent widow describes. We just have to submit ourselves to God and then just stay connected. That's what... The beautiful thing about this kind of relationship is that there's, there are some side benefits. One of them is that our relationship will improve as well. So it's kind of like the uh, electronic items that we all have. Early in my school years, I knew I had to use Apple. I had PC, but then we just don't get along. We don't think alike. I mean, we just have all kinds of problems. But as soon as I purchased Apple, everything made sense. It was user-friendly, even for someone like me. And since then, I just committed myself. Apple is the way. So I have an Apple computer, Apple iPad, Apple phone, Apple watch. I I don't mind investing on Apple. (laughs) But you know how they... Send upgrades. I know there's a business side, you know. But by and large, it really helps. It makes it better. Every time you click that upgrade, your item gets better. It's more efficient. It's easier. But when we pray, we get that automatic upgrade from God because we are connected with God. We want, to, we want to know what he's thinking. We want to know his will. We want him to tell us what to do and what to say at what time. So we get upgraded. When we get upgraded, guess what? We get upgraded, upgraded as brothers and sisters in Christ. So this happened recently. So I'm working on my laptop, Apple and i have ipad next to me i'm working on it i'm listening to song through youtube you know my previous church we would have like monthly songs that we have collected and we uh, we collect uh, we select songs from that monthly song list and then every week we post the songs that we're going to sing on that sunday and the brother who's running the website he makes it easy so if we just click one button it just plays right so I'm listening to that and then working on it. And maybe I paused a little bit too long. So my computer screen just went blank. So what do you do to wake up your computer screen? You do this, right? Maybe I did it a little too fast. And I, I was doing this, and my cursor disappeared. I'm like, what on earth? Like, this is Apple. It's not supposed to happen. It's not a PC. And then I found my cursor and the iPad. I'm like, on earth, is this supposed to happen? Is it broken? So I quickly tried to pull it back to my laptop screen, and it came back. I'm like, okay, that's good. What an experience. It was like, you know, external monitor, how you connect your laptop and it goes back. It was kind of like that, but with my iPad. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't try again. Uh, I didn't want to take a chance. But you see, this is type of the benefits that we could really enjoy. When we are connected with God, keep talking to God, keep consulting with Him for every situation, every hour, guess what? We're going to get connected to each other. We have the same God, the same Spirit. We will be connected with each other. And that's how we're going to grow together, as we get to know each other. And, you know, our growth uh, speed may not be the same. Some of you will grow a little further, a little more. But then guess what? Because we are all connected, you share your blessings, you challenge us, then we'll raise our level. And then we keep growing together in the Lord. That's what spiritual family is supposed to do. It's effectively when we are connected with God. But in life, you still get discouraged. And and you don't even want to pray at times. So What do you do if you're in one of those situations? This passage tells us to trust in God's promise. So Jesus is using uh, the famous lesser to greater argument here. So we have a judge in this story who is unrighteous, unjust, selfish, doesn't fear God, doesn't care about other people if he's able to hear a case from a widow, who's kind of like outcast of the community, nobody, how much more would our God, holy, righteous, loving, this help us who are his chosen, who are his children. Right? Makes sense, right? Lesser to greater. Self-explanatory. That's what this story is about. And if we go into the uh, ask, seek, and knock passage, this is what it says. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Then verse 12 comes, and this is very interesting, because it almost seems out of place. Verse 12 says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So ask, seek, and knock, and it will be given to you. And then, bam, verse 12 comes. Do unto others as you want, to, want them to do unto you. The golden rule. The law of justice. What is Jesus trying to say here? The law of prayer it has a close connection with the law of justice. The way we pray to God has a direct relationship with how we dispense God's justice. The law of prayer, the law of justice. We'll go to another passage. Isaiah chapter 1 says, "'When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I'm not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean.'" Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. What is God saying here? I know you come to worship me. I know you pray. You're acting holy. But in reality, it's not genuine because your life doesn't show me that you are truly worshiping me. If you are truly connected with me more than your lip service, then your life should display this side, which is helping the poor, the widow, the fatherless, the foreigners. But you're not doing this, and yet you come and you pray. So, well, I'm not going to listen to your prayers because you're not genuine. it doesn't mean that God will not hear our prayers if we're not good or if we're not doing good things. It doesn't mean that. But we cannot have this assurance that we are aligned with God. And folks, this is what makes difference. This is what allows us to sleep peacefully at night even though the stock market might be crashing, even though there's a chaos everywhere, unpredictability of life in general, while all these things going on, we could still come home and sleep peacefully when we have this absolute assurance that God is with me, I am aligned with God, this almighty God, I am walking with Him, I am in His will, that assurance Priceless. Do we have that kind of assurance? Do we have that kind of prayer life? Do we live our life to extend that grace, that blessing that we receive from God? This is what um, Eugene Peterson would say in his uh, The Message Bible. So this is Eugene Peterson would insert some of his own words just to uh, bring out the passage. This is what he says. So what makes you think God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? No doubt. That's what he's saying. When he stick up for, for them, I assure you, he will. He will not drag his feet. He wanted to emphasize this. I assure you, he will. Having that assurance in your spiritual life, every single day, having that calm assurance that God is with me, God is leading my life. I hope we could experience this together. Are you feeling down a little bit in some part of your life? Let's go back to prayer life and just come to God. Just be in his presence. If you pray, if you're able to pray always, then you wouldn't want to give up. If that's not enough, then let's get to know God. God loves his people, Christians and non-Christians, but he particularly loves his chosen people. But he goes out of his ways to extend his love to the weak people. Do you get that? I mean, God's love, we cannot quantify that. I mean, it's unconditional all the time. But his chosen ones, because God is working through them, there's a different type of relationship. And among his people, the weak ones, who's facing injustice, going through a difficult times, God just He's moved by this group of people. First Timothy five three says, "Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need." During this time, if you Widow, you are in need. When they say really in need, it's describing widows without children. so they really have no hope. No one to really help them. Not even their children. 1 Timothy 5.9 No widow may be put on the list of widows. The point is, the church made a list of the widows, the, 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 the really needy widows so that they could lend a helping hand. This is God's will. Then there are more cases, just four of them, for uh, your sake, just to build this argument. Through chapter 10, he defends the case of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you giving them food and clothing, Psalm 146. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. Isaiah chapter one again, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. This is God commanding us. Jeremiah chapter 22, this is what the Lord says, do what is just and right, rescue from the hand of the oppressor, the one who has been robbed. Do no wrong or violence the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. This is what God wants us to do. And if we want to make sure that we are walking with God, we need to pray, we need to believe in His promise, but at the same time, we need to seek out the weak. And when we are in this type of ministry, then we could have assurance that we are walking with God. I overheard um, youth leaders talking about Operation Christmas Child. If you don't know what that is, it's just a little shoebox that you pack gifts, and then you send it to this ministry, and they send it to other places all around the world. Kids, less privileged, but during Christmas time, they will receive this gift through different missionary organizations and, you know, Christians. What a ministry. I hope we could all get involved in that. 50 boxes, that's what I heard. I don't think that's that big of a deal. Maybe 500 boxes in the future, but we'll start with 50. Things like that. When we seek out those kind of opportunities, yes, then we know that we are walking with God let me finish with this verse. Verse 8, I tell you, he will see that they get justice, and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Again, this seems out of place. I mean, Jesus tells this beautiful parable, self-explanatory almost, and yeah, you need to pray always, don't give up. Makes sense. But then, what? However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It's like, It doesn't make sense. I believe the author is trying to tell us, don't worry about God. He's going to do his thing. That is God. That's who he is. He's going to extend his love. He's going to seek us out. He's going to help us. He will encourage us to pray. And then when we do pray, he would upgrade us. That we could have a better relationship with brothers and sisters and then go out and become influence, influencing uh, Christians. the world. All this will happen. However, when Jesus Christ comes back, will he find people, faith people, will he find faith on earth? Basically saying, what about you guys? God will do his thing. Are you willing to do your thing? George Mueller, I'm sure many of you know this story, but bear with me. He never asked people for help. Although he prayed, although he presented his needs, he really never asked for money directly to anybody. That God just poured out blessing upon blessing on his ministry. He was able to build five orphanages in his lifetime. He was able to help 10,024 orphans directly through his orphan, uh, orphanage. And then um, over 150,000 orphans were indirectly benefited. Benefited from his ministry. Just amazing. One day there was a knock on his door. One of the staff members came and said, Sir, we don't have any food. We did our very best. But this morning, we don't have any food to feed our children, 300 of them in that orphanage. George said, Well, go on with usual meaning set up the tables, invite the kids to the cafeteria. They're all sitting down. George comes in, and he prays. At that time, there's a knock on the door. So local baker, he got up earlier than usual. You know, bakers, they get up early, like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., right? Well, he got up earlier than usual, and then just thought occurred, you know, why don't you Just bake more, more bread for the orphanage. He just had that desire. Instead of going back to sleep, he baked more bread. And he he knocked on the door just to deliver that bread. I mean, just the timing. We can't make this up. And then as he is leaving, there's another person coming in, a stranger. He said, you know, I deliver milk. You know, nice warm bread, little butter, jelly, great. But you need something to drink to wash it down. <laughs> then my truck broke down. I won't be able to fix it in time. And I saw you, your orphanage. Would you mind if I donate some milk? Like, we can't make this story up. One wintry um, day, the boiler for the heater broke down. And again, staff, members, they came in and said, Sir, it's going to take at least a week just to get the parts in and get to fix everything. It's going to take at least a week. What are we going to do? He said, let's pray. Lord, give us warm days, seven days, simple prayer. It's in his book. And the book says they had unusual, warm, spring-like days for the next seven days. You can't make this up. that This is the type of prayer that I hope we could experience together when we put Carmel in our hearts, Indianapolis in our hearts, and pray for this city, pray for our church. People are well-to-do here. I love driving around Carmel. It's just so beautiful. Houses are beautiful. Road is just pristine. Everything is just beautiful. But I know not everyone's saved. If we could pray for them, if we could pray for our brothers and sisters, and God sees it something beautiful, and He goes, Well, you know what? Let me answer that for you right away. Well, let me answer that for you to cheer you up. I hope we could experience this type of prayer life. Are you down and out a little bit this morning? Then pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for calling us to worship you this morning. What a blessing it is to be here in your presence with brothers and sisters. Father, Father, We want to do a little more. We want to examine our spiritual life, to revisit our prayer life. How often do we pray for one another? How often do we pray for the lost, for our city, or for our church? How often do we come to you, Lord? May you encourage us that none of us will ever give up. Although the world seems overwhelming, we won't give up because we have you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Um, I can't see back very well if this Isaac. If you can put up um, the verse of the the song that I would like us to sing together in response. I mean, if you take a few seconds to really think through